www.seymourfriends.ca or join Seymour Friends at facebook.com slash Radio. پاینده و پیروز در پناه خداوند باشید Hey, let's talk about food and music, eating and grooving, munching and moving, forking and spooning, listening to tunes, yeah, dinner's on soon and to get ready for, ready for peanut butter and jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the host, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's Peanut Butter and Jams. Hello. Hello. It's uh, me, Jordy, and uh, with me is Brenda. And we have a we have a very special guest today. We're actually going to have two very special uh, guests today. Um, but with us is Marlis. Hello. Uh, Marlis uh, is here. Uh, Brenda, do you want to? You you are better at describing it than I am. Why do we have Marlis uh, on the air today? Well, uh, Marlis and I both traveled to remote parts of the country this summer. And so we're going to do a little segment or um, multi-segment on uh, the food and the beer that we tasted in those two uh, different regions of Canada. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go back to Jordy and quiz him about some favorite BC beers he has. Just, just for comparison, just some new BC beers that, uh, that came out recently. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about a little, some stuff that you can find locally because you guys have found your samples, or at least some of your samples, some in, of them. in uh, local stores. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, and we have a little uh, a delicacy that is sitting out there, um, and we also might have a, a very special guest later in the show. Yeah, um, about two thirds the way through, uh, Ferdinando is going to come and talk about the uh, Vancouver Island Mushroom Festival. Excellent. Well, um, let's go into some music, and then when we come back, we'll have a little bit more discussion. This is Said the Whale off of their new album. Test my reach The depths and lovely habits that I've 
Said the Whale off of their new album, Hawaii. You'll probably hear a lot of that uh, if you happen to listen to The Peak or any other... Well, I was going to say any other music station that specializes in playing Vancouver music. But there isn't one. Radio uh, 3. Radio perhaps. 3. Radio 3 will probably play a lot of it too. Um, uh, their new album is called Hawaii. It's brand new. Uh, if you like that sort of stuff, give it a listen. Mm-hmm. It's very accessible. Very accessible. And local. Um, Yeah, so now we're going to do some interviewing with Marlis Funk. Um, Marlis, can you tell us a bit about your summer vacation and how you ended up going to Newfoundland? Well, I'd always want to go to Newfoundland. I lived in the Maritimes uh, about 10 years ago. And, you know, it's really, even though you're out in Halifax, it's actually really far to get to. Um, So I'd never been there. I've been to... Before that, all nine provinces, so this sort of completed my visit to all ten provinces in Canada, and it was actually my honeymoon, so it was a great reason to travel across the country, take the longest flight I've been on in a while, and check out the rock. So can you tell us a bit about uh, some of the food you ate while you were there? Well, my goal with traveling is to try as much local delicacies, whether they may not seem very appetizing to me, there might be a good reason why everyone likes them. (laughs) So I tried a lot of cod because cod is like 
they say Newfoundland currency, everything is about cod, even after the fishery ended. It's like salmon here. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And so they have cod, you can do cod in any sort of manner. I had pan-fried cod, deep-fried cod, I had cod cheeks, cod tongues, I had baked cod, I had cod in soup, and I had cod mixed with potato as a fish cake. How are the tongues? The tongues were weird. That was probably my least favorite. It was like this like pocket of gelatin that would explode when you bit into them. They were pan fried. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to have those again. They were like the bad part of the, the cod cheeks, though, on the other hand, were really amazing. Mm-hmm. I would definitely have those again. So what kind of flavors did they use to season the cod? Um, I would say butter. Okay, so uh, very um, old school styles of flavoring then. Yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, like a lot of just fried goodness. It mm-hmm. was really, a lo- I, ate, I ate a lot of fried things. Like I know that the amazing thing about Newfoundland right now, it's really transitioning with all the people that have left and are coming back. They're mm-hmm. bringing in a lot of, let's say, other cooking traditions and doing a lot of fusion. So I had, um, we tried out some Newfoundland fusion places and I had, cod uh pan fried but not too much butter on that one but then with a strawberry sauce on top it that was very interesting Mm -hmm. and then also like uh, they had this this amazing restaurant in newfoundland had a salt cod dish every day and that day was the salt cod with an irish an uh, italian sauce can you can you remember any of the names of the places that were like particularly good examples just in case someone wanted to look up the menus and get some ideas from it the one in st john's was called bacalo and i can't be sure yeah i'm not sure i'm saying that right it was b-a-c-a L-O or something Mm -hmm. similar to that. Google will help you with that. And it was, that was the place with the salt cod dish and they do a lot of amazing fusion. And as we sat down and this couple next to us left and they said, you need to try the ginger cake. And so we tried the ginger cake and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So the food there was excellent. Um, The one in Norris Point was called Just in Time. Okay. Um, Like a Carmen Sandiego villain. Yeah. (laughs) And I think his name was Justin... (laughs) So, you know, it's in uh, the west part of Newfoundland in Gros Morne, mm-hmm. uh, which is this big national park where there are more moose than people. And uh, that was a place that also trying Newfoundland fusion. And we heard about it by hiking a mountain and one of the locals told us about the place. So, like, what ideas from uh, eating in Newfoundland have you brought back with you that are, like, kind of sticking around with you? Well, the, the mussels at Just in Time were interesting, and mm-hmm. since there's so many mussels here, so much seafood here that there's kind of an equivalent that you can sort of make your Pacific seafood in Newfoundland style almost. So, you know, the, they did their mussels in a pesto sauce, and mm-hmm. I had never thought to do that before. I'm sort of do mine in a white wine. Um, their mm-hmm. scallops... Um, well, I can't remember what they did their scallops with, but they were also amazing. So just to try more scallops, that's one thing I don't try out here very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just uh, trying to do cook more fish. I don't actually yep. cook a lot of seafood because I'm a prairie girl. I like... It's a great place for <laughs> seafood right here. Yeah, so I should think I should learn. So it's encouraging me to try a little bit more seafood. And you didn't actually like eating fish before, did you? Not especially, no. And she didn't like Guinness before she went <laughs> to Ireland. So I definitely I think... There's a pattern here. <laughs> yes. Traveling for me brings back what the recipes I like from where I go. Mm-hmm. And then I try to incorporate it with the food that is local as much as possible. So trying to find a place, trying to find, like, instead of cooking with their beer, try to cook it with something local beer. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, here I've cooked a Newfoundland, Newfoundland dish that I've used local salt pork. 
um, instead, you know, like obviously you can get pork from anywhere, but salt pork is um, not something that's used a lot in this this part of Canada. I mean, you no. can find it, but I, I actually have a little bit of trouble well, tracking it down when I need it. So. Yeah, well, and salt and salted anything like because there's such an industry like the salted cod industry out there was such a major part of Newfoundland life that I think uh, I think I my salt intake in that province went <laughs> up there over the over beyond what it should have been so they do enjoy salted items mm-hmm. so salted pork was part they love love pork um so our uh, our listeners cannot see what we are seeing right now or smell what we or are smell smelling. it can you describe uh what we've got here in front of us Yes, so these are called Towtons, and the word looks like you would call it Teuton, but it's, we were quickly told it said Towton. And so it's often, they make a lot of brown bread in Newfoundland. That was part of their morning thing, they'd make brown bread, and you have all this leftover dough. So in the morning, you take the bits of the leftover dough, fry it up with uh, pork scrunchions, which is little cubes of salted pork, and then you have that for breakfast, and you mm-hmm. dip it in molasses. So pretty much every culture, I think, has some kind of fried dough delicacy, and this is Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have anything to do with fish, but it has something to do with they make a lot of brown bread. Brown bread was a big thing there. So to make it, you would just basically make some brown bread dough. Yeah, fry it up. Fry it up. Yep, and you don't have to do it with the pork scrunchions because they're incredibly salty and fatting, and you don't have to fry them. You can deep fry them if you want to. Oh, if you would like to make it even fattier. Yeah, Yeah. so you can go both ways there. And um, they, they, uh, they told us that if you find a place that doesn't pan fry, that's how they're traditionally done. So we were lucky in, in Rocky Harbor and Grossmorn to find this place that had had them for us and they were they burnt my tongue as soon as they came out because they were so hot and fresh and good okay um do we want to go through a song and then maybe you can tell us a story about this song from yeah. your trip okay um so this is uh not something we would normally play but uh this uh, fits in well with this segment this is the irish descendants and this is the rocky road to dublin June and from me home I started Left the girls of tomb so sad and broken Hearted saluted father dear Kiss me darling mother drank a pint of beer Me grief and tears to smother and off to reap the corn Lever I was born Cut a stout like thorn to banish Ghost and goblins bought a pair of brooks Rattling o'er the box Frightened all the dogs on the rocky road To double and one to three for five Hunt to here and turn her down the rocky road And all the ways to double and mark for lowly rock while in my yard at night I rested in so airy Started by delight, me spare is bright and cheery Took the trumpet of pure, I keep me heart from sinking That's the paddy's cure, whenever he's on for drinking To see the last she smile, laughing all the while And me curious style will set your heart A-bubbling as if I was hired Wages I required till I was almost tired Of the rocky road to double and one to three provide Hunt to here and turn her down the rocky road And all the ways to double a mark for lonely rock
double and extra ride I thought it'd be a pity to be so soon deprived of you And at Fine City so then I took a stroll Down among the quality bundle it was stolen in a neat locality Something crossed me mind Then I looked behind the bundle till I find upon me stick A wobble inquiring for the road Said me corner broke Was he much in vogue on the rocky road To double and one to three from five Hunt to here and turn her down the rocky road And all the way to double and whack for lowly rough well, from there I got away, we spirits never fail And landed on the quay just as the ship was sailing Captain at me roared, said that no room had he down I jumped aboard a cabin long from Alley And down among the pigs, played some hardy race Then some hardy jigs, the water on me bubbled And when a holly head, wished myself was dead or better Far instead on the rocky road to double the one to three for five Hunt to hear him turn her down the rocky road And all the ways to double the mic for lonely ride Boys of Liverpool, I went me safely landed, called myself a fool, I could no longer stand, their blood began to boil, temporary was losing poor old Aaron's isle, they began abusing her army, so says I shall lay the isle of flight, Galway boys were by and saw I was a hobbling with a loud array, joining me afraid, quickly cleared the way for the rocky road, to double them one to three for five, hunt to hear and turn her down the rocky road, and all the ways to double them back for lonely rock. And we're back. Um, so that was the Irish Ascendants, uh, the Rocky Road to Dublin. And you had a story about that. 
Yes, the Irish Descendants are a Newfoundland band, and they were going to be playing at the pub we were at on George Street on Wednesday, but we were there on a Monday, and they had a, a singer-songwriter playing there. So he actually played this song at the end of his set, and uh, what was amazing, we had earlier seen an older gentleman walk in with sweatpants, a plaid shirt, and a sweat headband on, which you don't normally see people walking around with a sweatband on their head in a pub, mm-hmm. but it is Newfoundland, so we just shrugged our shoulders and watched him go to the bar and, like, talk to everybody like he knew everybody. So we were, you know, intrigued by this older gentleman. So when the singer-songwriter came to sing this song, that guy got up and did this whole, like, tap dance, sort of, like, river dance type thing in on the dance floor. And... That was amazing to me, just watching this and hearing this, uh, seeing this old guy do this dance. And at that point, we left the bar and flew home, pretty much. You were like, we're done. <laughs> we're done. I've seen Newfoundland it's as best I can. now. And George Street on a Monday actually was pretty quiet, so it was kind of a really high point, alternative high point way to end because George Street is known to be pretty rowdy and where all the pubs are. And O'Reilly's is like we were told one of the the better pubs of that street, and we really enjoyed it there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a great way to end our trip there, seeing this old guy tap his way on the dance floor. Did he change, or was he still wearing his sweatpants? Sweatpants and sweat headband and plaid shirt. It was awesome. Nice. I would like to see more of that. I know. Me too. Vancouver bands get <laughs> some dancers. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk a bit about the tasty treat that we just ate. Yes, the Towtons. Um, so they are, um, as we said before, um, they are uh, uh, left, like usually made from leftover bread dough mm-hmm. and then uh, fried with some pork scrunchins. Is that That's what you call correct, them? That's correct, yeah. Uh, which is like basically a chunk of salt pork. Do you do yeah. anything else to it? To nope. You f- well, you fry the pork scrunchings first so the pan's really fatty, mm-hmm. and then you put the balls of dough in, and then you fry them. Mm-hmm. And they almost look like cookies with a little decoration on top. The yeah, little they, they kind of look like, like, a, like a bird's nest cookie or like yeah. a shortbread cookie. That was a personal interpretation. They came larger and more like pa- pancakes at, mm. in Newfoundland with the por- smaller pork scrunchions. But I love the pork scrunchions when they you bite into them, they're like buttery mm-hmm. because they're so crispy on the outside and gooey in the middle because that and that's pork. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so I was that's really like... lucky to be able to find salt pork quite easily. I, I just called Windsor Meats on Main Street and mm-hmm. near King Ed, and they had a big chunk of it. They also call it fatback because yeah. it's part of the pig that's extra fatty. Uh, Safeway also carries oh, it sometimes. Oh, there you go. That's good to yeah. know, too. Yeah. So it's um, kind of like a darker dough with this little like salty square chunk on top, and then you dip it in molasses. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of like rich, sweet to balance out the salty. Mm-hmm. I did a f- like a sort of photo directions on my on. I have a website because I'm a photographer, and mm-hmm. so I did a post today about how to make Towtons. And so maybe we can link that up with your Facebook page after this, and so people can actually see what they look like and how to make them. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your uh, if if someone wants to see it right now? What's your right now. what's your uh, it's imagingbymarlis.com mm-hmm. slash blog, and that'll okay. take you right there. Great. Mm-hmm. Totten's tasty. 
Uh, so the next thing we're going to move on to is, so what did you do when you came back? How did you share about your trip, Marlis? Well, I'm still in the process of sharing. I, I, since I'm a photographer, I'm a little, I take a lot of photos when traveling, and it's a different experience for me because I'm a photographer of people. So here I am in a place where I turn myself into a landscape photographer, and so it takes me a while to edit them. So I'm coming out with a post soon with all my photos. And then I hope to... Um, put some on display in my home and I've recently made uh, greeting cards with them and uh, I'm very excited I just received them in the mail today so that's why they're on the top of my mind but one thing I do like to do is share especially with foods all Mm -hmm. the things and share them with my friends and so I hosted a potluck on Saturday um, with the theme as being an east coast kitchen party so we opened it up to the whole theme of all the maritimes and in that case, all our friends brought different maritime-inspired dishes to our place. Mm-hmm. Brenda including, was there. Including salted cod. Yes, salted cod was there. Which wasn't our favorite. No, you're not a fan of the salted cod? No, I thought it was just kind of disgusting. And it had, like it was dried, so it kind of looked like dried mango almost, like kind of flaky and okay. light. Um, was really Is dry. it kind of like a jerky? No, it's drier. It's like there's no chewiness. Well, it was, but it, it kind of felt like papery. Mm-hmm. Kind of dusty. It kind of fall apart in your mouth. Mm. Yeah. I've had dried salmon and that tastes pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. So. Adrian, like our, our my roommate who, who brought it, got it from Iceland. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it traveled a fair distance to get to the potluck. Um, another thing, um, Marlis made cod gratin. Cod au gratin. And it was amazing. Which is a that was the baked cod, and you uh, bake it with onions and a creamy cheese sauce with uh, breadcrumbs on top, mm-hmm. and it it had this almost like potato flavor because the cod just like flaked off. And I use Pacific cod um, because obviously it's really tough to get Atlantic cod, and we have a abundance of good fish in this over here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, um, I had a hard time thinking of items to bring. But then my friend uh, came up with this great idea uh, to riff off of kissing the cod in Newfoundland. What does that mean? Well, apparently it's a Newfoundland tradition where they welcome newcomers to the island. And it's called um, uh, a screech-in as well as kissing the cod. And Oh, so that, now I'm not exactly familiar with it, but isn't a screech-in just doing shots of rum? Well, screech... Is actually Newfoundland rum. Okay. Yeah, and Marlis can tell a story of where that name came from. Well, there was a time when there was a lot of um, trade between Jamaica and Newfoundland, and so you'd bring salted cod to Jamaica, and they'd come back with rum. Mm-hmm. And so they would bring back this rum to Newfoundland, and it would be soaking in these oak barrels for longer. It was very strong, and uh, it often when people would shoot it, if they didn't know what they were expecting, would screech afterwards because of the strength of this rum. And so it's really popular in Newfoundland. Rum is actually quite popular there still. Mm -hmm. And in Jamaica, apparently salted cod was very popular. So apparently the ceremony happens at pubs, and it's probably mostly a tourist thing. And you're supposed to have a Newfoundlander present, and then you get your shot of screech, and then you have to kiss the cod, Mm -hmm. which is a raw fish. And then you must answer a question, and the question is, is he a screecher? And then you say the reply. Deed I is me, old cock, and long may your big jib draw. Which means, um, yes, indeed, my friend, long may your big sail draw wind. Which means, uh. may there always be wind in your sails. Mm. 
Anyways. So an old sailor yeah. saying. And then when you're accepted and you receive a certificate from the Royal Order of Newfoundland's Creatures. Yeah, so I, I had some so fun do trying. do you have a certificate? We, didn't, we did decide, it just didn't present itself as an opportunity. We did go to George Street with the openness to be screeched in, but we didn't hit a weekend, and so we just, we didn't do it, actually. Mm. It felt too forced to try to do it there. It felt a little touristy, so we wanted it to happen naturally if it was going right. to happen. And fair. it didn't happen, but I wasn't really excited to kiss a cod. <laughs> and... But to, to get that certificate. To get that, I, I am really sad. My, there's a space on my wall that will stay empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, um, I was, went looking for a cod mm-hmm. the day before, and I ended up with a uh, small $5 rainbow trout. Um, <laughs> which is a substitute. That was, yeah, which so is... It's a fish. A nice, affordable uh, fish, whole fish. And then we did, uh, Marlis did kiss the trout. Oh. And um, how, yeah. how is he? Okay. A good kisser? <laughs> no tongue. <laughs> we named him Claude. Yeah. Um, it, it took me about at least two minutes of convincing myself to just pick it up. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I found so you, the hardest. So you like did a shot and then you spent two minutes like sitting in front of a fish? Well, it felt like two minutes. It was probably 30 seconds of yeah. me thinking, I really have to hold this thing. It's going to be slimy and disgusting. Do you eat sushi? I do, but I don't hold it mm. like that. Maybe if there was monster chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Newfoundland screech you can buy at the liquor store. Yeah. yeah. Most uh, most liquor stores have it, I believe. Or go to Brenda's house. She seems or to have a lot left over. I have a lot left over. <laughs> so if you want in. some, you can, yeah, screeched in at Brenda's house. Victoria and 7th. Um, so maybe we should play, yeah, let's play a, song. a song. And then we'll come back and talk a bit about the beer that we tried in these different locations. Yes, um, this is uh, weed.
So that was uh, Golden Youth. Uh, that song is off of their al- new album, Beyond Wilderness. That song, if you heard the chorus, you probably already guessed it, but it's called Little Wild Love. And before that was the brand new, brand new, like, this week, maybe the week before album um, by Weed. Uh, the album's called Deserve, and that song is called Options. Uh, Weed is one of my favorite Vancouver bands. So uh, if you liked either of those things, Get on down to Zulu or wherever you buy your records, uh, maybe on the internet or... Or Red Cat. Red Cat, Cat, Scratch, High Life. Life, Audio Pile. Audio Pile. Vinyl Records. There's lots. We know the names of them. Sorry. And if you're a member of CITR, you can get discounts at lots of them. Yeah. So um, bring your friends' CITR card down. Go check them out. I think that's Audio Pile, Red Cat final records that's where you can get discounts okay Beat so, street yeah so if you want if you want to if you want the deal mm-hmm. check those ones out 
And um, we're back, and we're going to talk about uh, breweries and beers from... We're going to start with Newfoundland, and uh, then we're going to talk maybe a little bit about some Yukon beers yeah, that Brenda Yukon. was checking out, mm-hmm. and then we might talk about some local beers. This is awesome. So in Newfoundland, we didn't really find a lot of amazing beer breweries like we do here. I think there is a different type of beer revolution going on there. It's a little bit catching up to, or maybe it's on this different path. Mm-hmm. We found that a lot of the beers there were light. Everything was a lighter beer. Yeah, this one you brought for us to try. I, I can't, the name of it is... It's a iceberg beer. Yes. So what's special about this beer is that it's the water they've used to make the beer, they've used for melting icebergs. So Gotta get rid of them faster. I know. Well, they're, they're flowing <laughs> into the bays and they get in the way anyways. And it's a, there's a new thing about harvesting icebergs to get the water. Well, I so, guess if they're floating around, they're going to melt quick anyways. Yeah. So. so how do you entrap an iceberg? Well, uh, we unfortunately miss the iceberg season, which happens at the end of June, where they float towards like some of the bays. And people go in boats and um, there's different, like there's like the actual iceberg that broke off and then it becomes I think it's called a growler and then it becomes a bergy bit and when they're at bergy bits their name is great yeah which is the best part yeah then they bring them into the boat and then they melt them and Mm -hmm. so you have to keep a distance because they're really quite dangerous pieces Mm -hmm. can fall off and so you know instead of fishing for cod they're fishing for icebergs I guess you can't if there's a still there's still a moratorium on the cod fishery for the most part isn't there for the most part it'll never be like what it was but Mm -hmm. there is some more more fishing happening there so but. with this beer, it's in a blue bottle, mm-hmm. and it's apparently supposed to have no aftertaste, but I'll have to let you guys let me know if you agree it, with that. I thought it was a very light-tasting beer. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's. I think they've, they're achieving their goal of having <laughs> very little flavor in their beer. That's that's what I felt to the... <laughs> it's a very light beer for... Um, I found we this brewery that makes this beer is called Kitty Vitty, which is named mm-hmm. after a lake in St. John's. And then the Kitty Vitty Brewery is in St. John's. We tried to go. We missed the tasting room hours by half an hour. So unfortunately, we missed it. And they have seven beers they make. And we both, uh, my husband and I, really liked the 1892 traditional ale. Mm-hmm. We felt it had the most flavor. And so after trying it once or twice, we just went to that one. Uh, we did try a brew pub in St. John's we both really liked called Yellow Belly. Mm-hmm. And we enjoyed their pale ale because it was a 4.5% beer, but it had a real hoppy flavor. So it was, right. wasn't too strong, but yet the flavor was good. Did and you find that being from BC and drinking a lot of hoppy beers had kind of ruined you to the, the, <laughs> the Newfoundland beer experience? Because it sounds like you, like what from what you're describing, you liked the beer in Newfoundland that was the least like Newfoundland beer every time you got to try it. Oh, I would say maybe, I wouldn't call it ruined because maybe it's just that the BC brewery is, BC craft beer thing that's happening here has made me, changed my st- taste preferences. Mm-hmm. So I no longer am interested in the beer that was, that was a Newfoundland thing. So we didn't right. really go there for the beer tasting because I like what's happening here in the mm-hmm. beer revolution, if it's a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> the revolution in our neighborhoods. Yes. Which we will refer to later mm-hmm. um great did you have any questions no okay um how what did you think of the iceberg beer i i've i've, I've clearly already expressed my opinion <laughs> um i yeah i would agree with the group mm-hmm. is it a lager it has it's a lager that yeah. really light kind of a little fizzy but yeah i don't taste an aftertaste so it no. would be good for summer like when it's hot mm-hmm. i think i could do that it's pretty bland yeah 
But like you said, they've achieved their goal of being very little aftertaste. Some people like that in a beer. It's Mm -hmm. something you can just drink a lot of without... Without having to taste much. It's true. And I didn't wasn't able to find any uh, Newfoundland beers in in BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did bring this one back in my suitcase. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, you know, it wasn't, or I think I see why they didn't bring it. So uh, There's already things that like that yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Brenda, mm-hmm. uh, did you want to talk about the Yukon? Yes, I would love to. Uh, so so um, why were you in the Yukon? Let's start with that. Well, I uh, wanted to attend the Dawson City Music Festival for a long time. And so the opportunity came and I found uh, two friends who were happy and excited to go too. So we, we flew up to Whitehorse and then spent two and a half weeks uh, driving around the Yukon and dipped into Alaska for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Juneau and Skagway and Haines. So we spent two and a half weeks uh, going around um, exploring different little towns, and they're all pretty small. And we tried to hit up the local microbrew, right, or the brew pub every time we went, uh, or every place we visited. And um, yeah, the thing we spent uh, some time in this little microbrew at Skagway, mm-hmm. which had all the kind of basic microbrew tastes. Like what? What? This. Um, be be more specific. What are those? Well, tastes? you know, when you go to a microbrew and you get a little. Uh, what's it called? Paddle. Yeah. And you have flute. What? Flight. Flight. You're right. Flight yep. of beers. And there's your stout, your ale, your red or amber, mm-hmm. your white beer, maybe something, an IPA. Mm-hmm. And it's all very standard. It's kind of like you like shook out a little flavor and it, and it had the same results in every little microbrew. Or sorry, every brew pub has like the same palate. They they all like try to have like this is our our pale ale yeah. this is our but I I feel lager. like a lot of these places and which is not what we're experiencing here in Vancouver but mm-hmm. a lot of these places the taste is very uniform mm-hmm. across the board and um, a few of them uh, like the one that I went to in the Yukon are actually experimenting with different things mm-hmm. so. Um, so that one was that one was exciting, but the you're saying that like lots of brew pubs, if they're not trying, maybe not trying very hard, they're just trying to like fill a niche of like fresh beer, mm-hmm. and so the, but they do the same thing and getting the basics down and the the little brew pubs that are or the brewery lounges that are springing up here in Vancouver, you're seeing a lot of like innovation and people trying new flavors and different things. So, mm-hmm. so I guess I kind of lament the basic brew pub that at least you can get decent beer, but it seems like if you go to a smaller town, you're likely just to get the basics. You're going to get the like not necessarily exceptional beers, but standard, yeah, old standards sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I went to the Yukon Brewery, um, that was a bit of a different story. Um, they had a really good IPA, and I brought some for you today. Okay. Uh, you could actually get them at Firefly, mm-hmm. um, but they could only sell them in cases, so I ended up with six Ike's Fog, and I couldn't get What you. are you going to do with the extra ones? <laughs> I know, geez, it's awful. I couldn't get the Yukon Red, but they were also trying different... Um, they had a cranberry wheat beer and they had one with birch syrup in it interesting yeah and the really good ipa so they were doing some interesting things around different flavors that were connected to the landscape and the flavors uh that were uh, local oh that's cool so Mm -hmm. um 
what, what, what was your favorite? What would you think was the either what was a what was the most interesting and what tasted the best? Oh my goodness! Well, I think the the wheat cranberry beer was the most interesting, mm-hmm. and then the birch one wasn't my favorite, but it was it was fine. Um, but the uh, yeah, the ice fog was my favorite. I drank a lot of it at the Dawson City Music Festival. Right. Um, we're gonna taste that in a second, but uh, while we um, get that ready, we're gonna play something that Brenda heard at the Dawson City Music Festival, uh, but was from Vancouver. Yes. What? I know. It's crazy. Uh, so we're going to play an artist called Hannah Epperson, and she does uh, violin songs with fo- vocals on top. And then um, after that, we'll play another artist that I heard at the festival who's from Halifax. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, ha- what? it seems like there's a lot of bands from Vancouver and other places that go up to the Dawson City Music Festival. Are there a lot of bands, like local bands, playing there, or is it mostly they import bands from other parts of Canada? Um, it was a good mix. There were a lot of people who came from different places. Probably the biggest headliner was Bonnie Prince Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the festival was very small, so there were about 30 different artists. Um, a lot of the people who were local musicians played in bands and gigs around town but didn't have websites or right. band camps. So it's actually really hard to, to get their music from here. Uh, one of the best local bands... Um, it was called the Klondike Sons, and they were kind of these, like, rugged, tattered dudes that played sarcastic songs, like, Love is Like a Monster Truck, and I can't, I can't remember the words, and then they compared Love to a trailer park, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Love's Like a Carousel, it spins you around and makes you puke, or something like that, yeah. so they were pretty funny. Uh, well, that sounds good, so... um I wish we could hear it, but since we can't, um, this is Hannah Epperson, which is also good. I'm not I, sorry. I didn't mean to make it sound like this is our second choice. This is great. We like this music too. Mm-hmm.
live at Rickshaw presents San Francisco Psychedelic Garage Rockers, the OCs with Blind Shake and OBM Thirds at the Rickshaw Theater, Wednesday, October 16th. Get your tickets at live at rickshaw.com. Follow at Rickshaw Theater on Twitter for more information. Touring in support of her critically acclaimed new album, Clover, Jada Kelly's Canadian tour comes to Vancouver. Jada Kelly is live at the Railway Club Thursday, October 17th at 6.30pm with special guest Dylan Stone. Clover is available on Divergent Recordings. Tickets available at the Railway Club or online at therailwayclub.com. Trap that drunk window smoker, tied and drooling, flapped and stunk, pillow stroked my hand, pooling must be peas, strapped or hung that fellow, broke my grand stool, dust he seized, stung or wallowed, hope or glands, ruled my lust, seized, stopping wrist or heaving clots and lists, nor seizing crap that bunk indoor broken ride and fooling this is john m bennett and you are listening to citr fm 101.9 in vancouver british columbia canada joe setriani is a rock guitar superstar Don't miss his Unstoppable Momentum Tour Saturday, October 19th at the Vogue Theatre with special guest sit-down servant featuring Gordy Johnson. Tickets available online at northerntickets.com, by phone at 604-569-1144, or in person at the Northern Tickets office at 918 Granville Street. For more information, visit satriani.com. And you're back. We're back. Um, you're listening to uh, CITR 101.9 FM. This is Peanut Butter and Jams. I am Jordy. This is my co-host. Brenda. And our lovely guest. Marlis. Thank you, Marlis. Um, I just wanted to say we also have an intern coming uh, coming in. Um, d- would you like to lean into the mic, Jen? She's been observing us th- today. I'm watching the magic on peanut butter and jam happen. Live. What What is your interest in radio or uh, food or music? Um, I've I've well, I'm interested in all three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've recently had a bit of a radio renaissance. Uh, I never used to listen to the radio that much, and then about two years ago, I started listening to the CBC and a lot of different podcasts. I think the internet has definitely revolutionized radio uh, mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice because you're able to do. A variation of different things at home, cook, clean, and then listen to really intelligent or maybe not so intelligent commentary. We like to err on the side of, of intelligent, yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. When when we're when we're doing our show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming in. 
Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope I hope you're finding it enlightening so far. I am, yeah. yeah. And hopefully one day I can contribute to a tasting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anytime, <laughs> uh, anytime you, you're welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Brenda, mm-hmm. so we just had the, the, not the iceberg, but the ice fog. The ice fog. Yes. And I'm hoping you have found it an improvement. Yes, I did. Um, it's, uh, it's an IPA from, uh, the Yukon Brewery. What? Yeah, Yukon Brewing Company. Yeah. And, uh, which is based out of Whitehorse. Whitehorse, yeah. yeah. And this is the one that you went to, you went to their bar and, ch- and checked it out? Or? We did. They, um, they have a tasting room. They mm-hmm. don't have a bar. Um, but there's a bunch of stuff on tap and you can, we tried everything that was on tap. Mm-hmm. And I bought a growler. So now I can take my growler to all the local breweries. Yes. Yeah. And um, all the beer, a bunch of the kinds of beer was also at the Dawson City Music Festival. So we tried to drink uh, Yukon Brewery beer there as well. Well, that's cool. So, um, was there a, was it was everywhere then? Kind of like Granville Island is in Vancouver, or yeah, it was kind of the basic beer of the area. Mm-hmm. Although I've noticed that Parallel Forty Nine has been challenging Granville Island for dominance lately. Yeah, have you guys noticed that? They're in a lot of places. A, yeah. a lot. The Gypsy. The Gypsy Tears. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And for a while, it was that watermelon one, but I am glad that one is going away. I think that's seasonal. It happens in spring. They still have it in every. It's still happening. <laughs> Not my favorite. Yeah. No, it's such a novelty beer. It's just like it tastes like watermelon. You don't actually want it to taste like that, but it does. <laughs> Anyhow, but I do like the Gypsy Tears. I I, I I don't mean to knock Parallel Forty Nine. I just don't like that one beer they make. Yeah, they have a lot of great other beers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can get Yukon Brewery beer at Firefly. Yeah, um, I've yeah. So if you happen to live around there, I think they also have it at Legacy. If you're Ooh. down in the Olympic Village, I think I'm pretty sure I've seen it there at some point. Nice. So um, that's it for my beer tour of the North. But um, Jordy, while you, were you guys share... were away, I yes. was drinking beer in Vancouver. No, it's true, <laughs> and. Um, so there are a lot of uh, great new breweries opening um, that I've been to at least one of them, and uh, I've also been trying out some new beers. Uh, I've got I've brought one in that's brand new, and I haven't tried it yet because it ju- only I o- I only saw it for the first time this week on store shelves. But I've got a bottle of it, and we can uh, give it a try while we play some songs from Victoria, which will give you a hint as to which brewery I'm talking about. But maybe not the one you think it is, because there's lots of breweries in Victoria. So who knows which one you're guessing? Um, this is off of a new compila- a new compilation out of Victoria. Uh, brand new. We just got it. Uh, it's not even properly in the CITR Music Library yet. It has a crazy-looking Last Supper drawing on the front with centaurs and snowmen and a hockey player. Um, but it's called Shake It Up Volume 1. Some Vancouver bands on it, but a lot of Victoria bands. Um, I'm going to play one of the Vancouver bands. This is Greenback High, and this is an exclusive track on the record. Um, so if you're a fan of Greenback High, you can't get it on their other stuff. It's only on this record, um, and it's called Room 206. <laughs> I gotta get it done. And oh no no, 
and we're back. Um, we just uh, uh, we just had a tasting of. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, anyone who happens to be listening uh, remembers, but I was talking about how uh, we just did a tasting of a Victoria Brewery, and that's why I played that uh, Greenback High song off of the Victoria compilation from Shake Records, Shake It Up Volume One. Um, and then the song that came on after it was drawn uh, by Drawn Sh- sorry Drawn Ship off of their o- new album Ghost Wait, and that is called uh, Gabriel Dumont. And uh, right now um, we we had a ta- we while we while that was happening we had all had a taste of the beer, um, <laughs> which is from Lighthouse Brewing, uh, one of my favorite uh, brewer- breweries from Victoria, um, next to. Uh, uh, sorry, next to Driftwood. What were you saying? Phillips is also good. Phillips is also good. But I like Driftwood as well. Yeah, Driftwood's probably my favorite, but Lighthouse is my second favorite. Mm, then maybe Phillips of the Victoria Breweries. It's hard to have a favorite. There's so many yeah. of them. <laughs> and this is what? Three Weeds? This is Three Weeds. It's brand new. Um, it, it's a strong beer. Um, it is a Belgian-style wit brewed with Pilsner and uh, and wheat malts, rolled oats, and it's got coriander uh ginger and hops and you can really taste the ginger and the coriander in it which is really nice it's got a really really nice delicate flavor um and it's a little bit overproof so if you are looking for that too it's a (laughs) it's a it's a really nice beer Mm -hmm. i Uh, agree uh brenda what did you think of it i think it's really tasty i'm really glad that we tried these beers in this order Mm -hmm. because otherwise this one would have been the overpowering flavor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i I think uh it worked out well uh, we do have a guest in the studio with us now, a new guest. We we, we promised uh, him him at the beginning of the show, and now, now he's here. Uh, Fernando, do you want to come over to the mic? Sure. Then. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do we do? Uh, uh, <laughs> so um, take the mic and uh, make sure you're talking towards it. Okay. And uh, Brenda, do you have you had some a question lined up? It looks Can like. Move this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Ferdinando, can you tell us a bit about um, why you're here and why you showed up at the radio station? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, I love uh, CITR simply because, uh, well, it's, uh, the, it, it's a young radio station. I like uh, the music. I like some of the, a lot of things that you do. Uh, I've, I've been wanting to meet some of your hosts, like uh, the human uh, serviette, whatever. Aardvark. Uh, <laughs> Aardvark, that's right. So, oh, but I'm here because... Um, I just wanted to get the word out on uh, what's happening right now on the Sunshine Coast and mm-hmm. uh, all over. In fact, uh, wherever it's raining here in BC, we have the perfect weather and incredible, incredible selection of, uh, you know, mushrooms. Mushrooms, right yeah. In fact, I got the word. I was talking to someone. Yeah, I was talking to my barber, mm-hmm. who happens to be down in the war zone on Hastings in Colombia. And I told him what I'm doing right around here he says you know those japanese people he says they're all over the place they're collecting those mushrooms and they're sending them off to japan because they can get anywhere from a hundred pounds a uh, hundred dollars a pound for pine mushrooms and we gather those pine mushrooms even here on the coast right yeah. up to right up to uh, the queen charlotte's um and yeah that uh, it's going to be a fantastic year for for mushrooms yeah so we just want to get the you know, get the word out and uh, see how many people we can get through the doors. Yeah, and Brenda, you were saying that he, he just came in and dropped off a big bag of mushrooms with you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And um, I was just holding them safe. And uh, so at some point in the show, we're going to look and talk about all the magical 
sorry, not that magical, but um, <laughs> all the like interesting and colorful shapes that he has in this box that mm-hmm. he, him and his friend picked. Um, so uh, now you're promoting a specific event, the fifth annual Sunshine Coast Mushroom Festival. That's correct. Can you yeah. tell us a bit about what happens there? Uh, well, what you'll find as you come in, the entrance fee is immediately three dollars. Oh, that's nothing. And it's a non non. It's a nonprofit, of course. And um, I thought because at the annual general meeting, you know, people were concerned that uh, you know the some of the things that we do put on, such as the very expensive uh, one night affair at the painted boat, you can come and uh, have pairings, wine pairings with your uh, with your items. It's a mm-hmm. set menu. It started off at $90 and now it's $125. And uh, what, sh- what happens there is they basically take uh, mushrooms that are picked by the group. Mm-hmm. They're given to the chefs. The chefs make these incredible things out of them. You would never know that they were from mushrooms. You know, they'll, right. make, they'll make mousses and they'll make uh, creamy little delights and things that completely transform these things. They're very exquisitely done. Yes. So, um, but I'm old-fashioned in that r- respect. I think the best way to find out if you like mushrooms and to cook with them is you go you, is you go simply, you cut them up, you know, nicely, thinly, toss them in with some garlic and some butter, splash around some wine, white wine, or some Madeira. I've even used beer in cooking them, so, yeah. And... Um, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. You come through the doors. There's going to be the center tables are going to be full of just like, you know, a kaleidoscope of all the mushrooms available, edibles and non-edibles, in the center table with uh, your mycologists. You get to ask questions and... Uh, so it's you more about mushrooms. learning about mushrooms, or can people buy mushrooms? Are they there can, talks about they mushrooms? Can buy, they can talk about mushrooms. I'll be one of the guys doing the cooking demonstrations there. So yeah. there'll be samples, and we're going to try to do something different this year, like making a pizza with lobster mushrooms or mm-hmm. what have you, making some omelets with mushrooms and doing something, you know, different and tasty. How did you start uh, picking mushrooms? Like, how long have you been doing it for? Well, uh... Truthfully, I've been coming up, I first started coming up to the coast, Sunshine Coast, 1988, while I was doing a stint for uh, canvassing for the Western Wilderness Committee. I'm sure you've heard of that yes. organization. Mm-hmm. And that's when I read about that they were doing tours up in Elphinstone Park. And again, another thing is that Elphinstone Park has been one of these areas that they have been logging over the past years, and they're doing it now, too. So... You know, the whole thing is you got a lot of people that are very enthusiastic about keep keeping our forests natural so that we can um, do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, of course, you know, forestry is what it is. They're always only interested in the trees, and uh, we, lose a, we lose a lot more when we, when we cut down a forest. Right. And, uh, yeah. And so when did, so you started, in, you've been picking mushrooms since 1988, is what you're saying? P- yes, and so certainly had the enthusiasm, but only uh, since I, I started going up there doing some work on my own mm-hmm. um, in sort of the gardening uh, field, because I'm, I'm actually moving towards the, uh, the goal of starting a, uh, a collective, yep. starting an arts collective up on the coast, mm-hmm. and also uh, working with other growers. I'd, there's a... Mush- mushroom growers. No, mushroom grow, growers of uh, vegetation. Okay. Like horticultural growing f- food, you know, mm-hmm. getting into the whole, what they say, the movement, mm-hmm. food movement, right? 
a part of CD Saturdays. You've heard of those CD Saturdays events? You go up. I have not. Seed, what are those? Seed exchanges. Uh, oh, okay. The first, first Saturday of every uh, every March, basically. Okay. First Saturday of March is a great seed exchange where people come and they, you know, sell and buy seeds very very cheaply, just to keep the heirloom, just to keep the old seeds, you know, mm-hmm. alive again, against what's going on with Monsanto and those kinds of organizations. So I'm right up there because yes. I believe there's nothing more important than knowing where your food's coming from. Mm. And I've been cooking for myself and eating mostly what I've prepared for the past six years. Cool. Um, what uh, with, with these mushrooms that you've brought in here, how long did it take you to find them all? Well, you know, sometimes you can go out in the forest and you can walk for hours and not see a thing other than little brownie mushrooms, right? Yeah. Things. But this this time we went in there and it's like within within 10 minutes we just well, I didn't because I didn't collect them um, uh, you didn't collect the them red lobsters before but this guy was in the forest for quite a, you know he'd been around and you really have to keep your eye out it's surprising just how sneaky these things are mm-hmm. because they grow under the moss like I said and under uh, twigs and fallen stuff but if you know the, the the area and a lot of them grow in very very specific areas all mushrooms have some area some place that they do really well in Right. But some will only grow on certain pine cones. Others will only grow under a certain type of tree, like, you know, the pines or the Douglas. Uh, others will grow in an area that has been disturbed, like a forest service road mm-hmm. that has been shaken up a bit, you know. And then once you find one, the chances are you unearth it, you take some stuff away, and you'll see that there's this pattern that they that they follow, and, and then you just start following this, air, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, holy smokes, you know, they're everywhere. Yeah. It's really quite something to see them just gradually push up from the ground, mm-hmm. you know? And when you say, I mean, talk ma- magic, you really have to uh, think what's going on underneath. You pick the mushroom up, and you'll see these netting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're microscopic because you, the ones you can see are the ones that are upon the surface. Mm-hmm. But further down, you cannot see. These are microscopic, tiny, tiny little spores that just get, you know, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And, they, and they move, and then they settle in some place, perfect conditions, and then they start, they start to grow. Mm-hmm. So the fungi is actually down below. What we're seeing there, the mushroom, is the fruiting part. So it's almost like like a flower, right? The other stuff is down below, is uh, is, is the body of the f- fungal, uh, which is called mycelium. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several other names, but uh, we'll go with the mycelium for now, mm-hmm. and then the mushroom come comes up, and that's what we we get, right? So the the magic is how all of this system con- continues and grows, and it's supposedly the largest connected. Uh, system of growing of, of any growing body in the world. Cool. Yeah. Um, how do you know which? How do you know which ones to pick? There's. Uh, I, I, I look at. I look at your collection, and there's. They all look totally different from each other. There's so many different varieties in yeah, there. Yeah. Like, how do you know which ones are good to eat? Or experience. Experience. You yep. go with someone that knows something mm-hmm. more, and generally, I mean, if you pick a, if you pick that uh, cauliflower mushroom, one, mm-hmm. well, you know that you're can, not going to make describe, a mistake again. Can you describe what the cauliflower mushroom looks like to, like, our listeners? Because they can't see it like we can. Yeah, okay. Um, well, the thing is, to, you look at, it does look like, 
It could almost look like a natural, think of a natural sponge that is mm -hmm. an, uh, kind of a blondy color. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very curly at the top. And then it has these, uh, basically these hands that are like, again, more uh, frilly frilly on the top and around this, the, the sides of it. And then it's, it's uh, stem. Actually, if you ever get, I mean, I, when I cut it, I couldn't believe that my knife couldn't, couldn't actually reach uh, the other end because it literally was probably about four inches across and round. Wow. And very dense stem. Mm -hmm. So the way to cut these guys is you cut just above the ground when you're collecting for uh, consumption mm -hmm. you cut them off the ground so that you leave uh, again the so the growing uh, part down below mm -hmm. you leave some of the uh, uh, yeah you leave some of the mother in, in, in there so you have some uh, sprays for next year they will yeah they will yeah but for identification purposes, we gather the whole thing. We go underneath and we try to get, you know, the the very bottom of it. Mm -hmm. And then we have the entire mushroom so that we can identify. Um, why don't we take a break oh, yes. and then um, play a song? And then yes. I'd love to have you kind of like talk us through the different mushrooms that are in that you brought with you mm -hmm. and what they look like mm -hmm. and, and what they taste like. And yeah. Well, the ones that I've tasted. Yeah. I've, I've tasted the lobster mushroom. That's more, that's really the newest one for me. Because this collection seriously resembles like a collection of undersea creatures. Like they're, they're amazing. Okay. But you know, maybe another time the thing to do is, uh, because I've been walking all around UBC since I haven't been here for a while, but I did. I found little bolites just around within the university mm -hmm. um, area just say well, between here and I, the I'm road. just gonna put a, I'm just yeah, gonna put a song ahead. on and we can prep, prep up some mushrooms and you can tell us what those are once sure, we get back sure
And we're back. That was Lady Friend um, off of her new EP, and it's just self-titled. Um, that song was called Sunday. Uh, I really like that group. Um, but we're, we're, we've got Ferdinando in the studio. Um, he's talking to us about mushrooms. He's going to show a little bit more of the samples, and Brenda's going to ask him some questions about it. She's a little bit closer uh, to him. So, uh, Brenda, take it away. Great. So we've got this incredible palette of mushrooms here. And Fernando, can you kind of like talk and describe? I've, tell us a bit about I will them. I do my best. Okay, so we've got that one there. We've already gone through the uh, the cauliflower mushroom, correct? Oops, see, Daisy, that was <laughs> okay. So now, let me see. These used to be chanterelles. Oh, it's still chanterelles. Okay, so the chanterelle is one of the the delicacies. But now, what's happened here? Because it's been sitting in the box, pardon me. But we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't avoid. They've, they've been stored so. in our studio for not well in Brenda's office for a couple yeah. days, and some yeah. of them got a little bit okay. moist. Yeah. So these chanterelles are the number one. People love the chanterelles, of course. Right now, the pine is extremely popular. See, here's a better condition one. Here's so off to the side. Okay, there we go. So you can see that this is a yellow chanterelle. Okay. Mm -hmm. The yellow chanterelles and the way you detect because there's fake chanterelles out there. There's the white one as well. Mm -hmm. um, the chanterelle, one of the most distinctive features of the chanterelle is when you, if you look at it this way, you think, oh, it's a mushroom. It's a yellow mushroom. You flip it over, and usually it's very pronounced gills. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they they sort of like come down and they basically stop about halfway. Right up the up the stem, more or less, right? But that is one to learn about, and and and, and you know, a very delicious joy. one. Now this one here, again, very stocky, very thick stem is again is a one of the white chanterelles, and it is now not very white, not very chanterelle, because a chanterelle comes from the French term to chant, to, to sing. Chant. Yes, and because they look like... Like trumpets? Like trumpets, that's yeah. right, yeah. So then, what do we got here? And what is that purple thing? Which Oh, this thing here, yeah. Well, you know, it's another one of these kind of thing in that family, but I, I, I don't know, but it's... it's well, he was tapping on something that looks right? kind of like a toadstool. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a very solid thing, right? Yeah. And uh, again, another one guy. A lot of these are new. This is new. Well, why? Why do you pick it? If um, like identification. Oh, okay. We want to, we want to learn. We want to know what we've got out there mm -hmm. in the woods. And um, again, these things uh, will make it back to to the woods. But I was coming around here, and I just wanted to you know give people an idea of uh, the crazy wild things that grow out there. Now, so this is. I've collected these before. They're they're rather. So what is that? Ones. It looks like a Starship Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, well this one here. As you see, this one here would grow like this. Yeah. He's up. He, he, he's holding it up against no, a wall, like like a like a, would, like a toadstool style. I think the white would be down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this. It's a, It's uh. I'm sure it is. It's like it's half a circle. 
yeah. with uh, like brown on top and white on the bottom. And like 25 centimeters across. Yeah, it's quite big. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've seen. I've seen those creatures. Uh, that they, you can become. It can do anything, right? I mean, this <laughs> is like. Uh, um. So can you tell us? That I know you kind of went thing. over them while we now were on break, but yeah. the ones on the floor. Here's a. Here's a. Oh, and that's a lovely one too. This one here was this a tight, has tight little ball when I brought it up. Okay, tight little ball. This is very. Now it looks a little bit is, more squished. This goes everywhere. This is all over Vancouver, and you'll see it's a red mushroom that has that. Uh, Broken uh, white part. This is uh, Amanita mm-hmm. m- m- uh, muscari. It's one of the agaricus, they call it. And most of them are poisonous. Okay, so yes. don't eat it. So, yeah, Amanita. So it's got a white the stem. Yeah, like the Mary Brothers with mm-hmm. kind of a, like an orange yeah. mm-hmm. and then mottled they, they, they can be really brilliantly uh, white. There are people that have taken some major trips with those mushrooms. And I don't know that I want, I'm not interested in experimenting with those, but uh, some people do. A little bit risky, that's yeah. what you're saying. Now, yeah. you wanted to go down here? Yeah. Take some of that? Yeah. Uh, why don't you um, talk to us about the lobster mushroom again? This lobster mushroom? Oh, pardon me. Yeah, so we're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes yeah. and then uh, head yeah. over the to... The other thing I want to... Uh, okay, stereoscopic readouts, but yeah, we kay. just got a couple more minutes for a couple more mushrooms. Okay. So let's talk about these guys here. Now, this here is one of the polypores, and they can be they can be one of the most ex- exciting mushrooms to see because they can get quite large. And again, mushrooms. Can you describe what you're showing us sure. to, to the listeners? Sure. This one here is a chocolatey brown, with another uh, probably a lobster or some other button mushrooms on its side that is being. Uh, what uh, decomposed by uh, another fungus here this looks very very white cloudy white and it's just attached to the polypore the polypore itself is what is known as a dye mushroom individuals are people that uh, work with textiles and they weave so what you're describing as a polypore that's the different layers the different layers of the that's correct that's meaning poly polys multiple it's got like multiple heads yeah and they, I, I saw the last one actually was inter- it was entered. It was looked like that, okay, but even more spectacular, meaning that it was very round and quite large. Probably, uh, I would say it was easily.